Adornment straight in front of Trap for Fools. Pike sitting as quiet as a church mouse on Truly Great though. Ambled up, Nerf Bosk is on his tail. He's letting down the grey. Pike will have to go to work. He's nursing. He's kidding Truly Great. Nerf Bosk on the outside comes again. Pike gets serious. Truly Great, 60 kilos at all. Nerf Bosk comes at him. They hit it. Oh, what a finish. What a finish in the cup. Nerf Bosk might have got the Truly Great. It's an absolute thriller. Welcome Not to sure. the Western Mail Racing Podcast. On the show we discuss all things Perth racing and preview the Saturday Metro meeting. We'll also be interviewing industry participants, but first, it's over to Mike Johnson to get us underway. G'day punters, welcome back to the Western Mail Season 3 in full swing with the Belgravia Stakes meeting on the card this Saturday. So we're back with the preview for that. Uh, before we get into things, a little bit of housekeeping from last week with the pod selections. Uh, we did have the very impressive winner of Triple Missile on Saturday, along with a small return back on the each-way play of Massimo in the northerly states there. I really thought he was a huge run. Uh, it was a narrow defeat going down to dance music there, but jumped beautifully and uh, got away with uh, quite a lot up top there, quite a few cheap sectionals, and was very gallant in defeat. So... Looks in for a big prep, does Massimo. So really keen to see where they go with him next. Uh, outside of uh, those two plays, uh, we didn't have much luck, but it was a pretty good day of racing, although interesting to see quite a bit of kickback from the track going on on Saturday. So as a result, I think that coupled with about 20 to 30 mil of rain falling earlier in the week led uh, the stewards to move the Wednesday Ascot meeting out to Northern uh, for Wednesday. So we're back to Ascot on Saturday and hopefully the track will be in a little, little bit better order than it was on Saturday. So as I say, we've got the Belgravia Stakes meeting on the card here. Listed race is the feature for three-year-olds and it's over the 1,200. So we've got an additional eight races on the card outside of the feature and does look another really good day of Ascot action. Uh, also looking at fine conditions as well after some pretty wintry stuff during the week. So uh, fingers crossed we get some fine, sunny conditions for racing. So as of Thursday night, as uh, when this pod is being recorded, we're currently on a soft six track, uh, but with less than two mil of rain forecast between now and Saturday, I do expect that we will be on a good four come racing time. So that should be good. And if we get that, uh, the rail's at 11 metres for this meeting as well. So uh, take note of that. Um, if you would like to access in-depth track predictions based on three years of my collecting of Ascot data, uh, please feel free to subscribe to Mike's Mail, uh, the monthly package over there on the website. I will put a link below as well. So uh, that's for YouTube. And if you're listening via audio, uh, head over to Mike's Mail uh, and you can get involved there. So we'll get started. Uh, race number four is where I'm going to kick off the preview this week. It's a Guinness Handicap. Uh, it is Irish Day as well. So, yeah, Guinness Handicap, a no Metro win over the 2150. So after tipping my subscribers into Wee Ripper out at Northam uh, on Wednesday, I uh, did see the form around Admiral Promo, uh, Franked, and he goes around here over the same trip. He's a My Admiration gelding and chases the hat trick here after taking out both the 2J and the Mora Cups over 1850 and 1800 respectively. On both occasions, he was sent forward uh, as opposed to the first two runs of his prep. And I think the change of tactics clearly paid dividends 
Um, while he may not get as far forward here due to an awkward gate and accelerate draw on the inside, I think if Jade McNaught can lob around midfield in the run, uh, I think that'll be an ideal uh, spot to launch from. And the only query, though, is his Ascot record. It's not great. I think it's one win from 12 starts. Uh, but at the price, thing, he's worth a couple of uh, couple of bob on each way here, around 15 bucks and 420 the place currently on Thursday evening. So uh, see what happens there. But he's definitely racing well, albeit in uh, lower grade. But winning form is good form. So happy to have a few few bucks on Admiral Promo here each way. And what does look a pretty open staying race. <clears throat> So the next one on the card, we're looking at race number five. It's the Crown Perth Handicap. It's a one Metro win and it's over the 1200 metres. And one of my favourite uh, two-year-olds from last season, Snipperucci, was really great to see her returning good order in the three-year-old classic. Ran fifth there a fortnight ago. Um, yeah, it does look to be going pretty well after a pretty serious leg injury uh, in that Magic Millions race. Uh, curtailed her season there, was going to be heading on to other races from there. But despite that horror gate first up, I did manage to get across due to some very good gate speed and was less than 1.5 lengths off the winner there. So although drawing out again in nine, uh, should be able to find the top, I think. If she, she does have the, uh, the toe to cross universal pleasure or at worst sit outside of that runner up top there. So... Uh, and if we go back to her second up run last prep, was her second ever star, but she did knock off the Caracatta Plate and two-year-old Magic Millions winner in Export Man on that occasion. So I think a repeat of that performance would see her going very close here with even luck. And uh, looking at the prices, opened up around $3.20 this morning as out to $4. I think $4 is a pretty handy price uh, in this race. So Snipperucci down the bottom of the order here, I think can run a big race second up. So uh, from there, we'll head over to race number seven. This is the Amelia Park Handicap. It's a rating 66 over the 1,000 metres and looks a really, really good race on paper, actually. Got a stack of speed engaged, uh, the likes of Madame Torio, Will Chino, Boomtastic, Glasgow Girl and Mood Swings are all likely to be fired out of the machine there in search of the top. We also see Bain Tempers returning for Paige Kenny's yard. Uh, as well as the Peters pair here of Billy Ray and Bright Diamond. And quite interestingly as well, Starfield Impact uh, steps out from Simon Milliard for the first time after crossing over from Magic Mike Santich. So really interesting to see what Simon Miller can do for her. But I'm going back to Bright Diamond here for my lay of the day. Uh, might seem harsh uh, considering she's never missed the money from seven starts with three wins and four minor placings, but do have my reasons here um, for delay of the day and aside from the debut win uh, which was over the thousand she hasn't raced over this trip um doesn't appear to have become a typical peters get back type as well especially last prep uh narrowly missed over 12 and 1400 meters there so with the above mentioned horses all going forward here do uh, map her to be second last pair in running here just based on what i've seen last prep uh, where she'd probably be in company with stablemate Billy Ray, who will also be back in the run. So I think even if they do clap it up on top here, uh, can't see her warming up until it's too late over the 1,000. As such, was keen to take her on here. But, yeah, we, we would be hoping that the map pans out how I've thought it to be. Uh, you know, there have been times in the past when Pikes 
been positive out of a gate. She has drawn low, but I just thought with all the speed involved here, I just cannot see her getting anywhere near it. So looking for around $3.50 to $4 to get involved here on a lay basis. I had a look on Betfair and uh, yeah, it's uh, about $8.20 for the lay. So I'm going to hang around and just see what we can get uh, from there. But very keen to take on Bright Diamond in race number seven. So from race seven, we'll have a look at the feature race of the day. It is race number eight, the listed Belgravia Stakes. And it is over the 1,200 metres. We see quite a few of the three-year-olds backing up from the Classic on opening day. Uh, that was over the 1,000. And we did see the sparks fly on that occasion. Uh, Spin the Knife was a narrow uh, loser there, ran, running second behind Lewa. Uh, he's been ruled out of the uh, rest of the Ascot Carnival through injury, I believe, so... Quite sad news for Spin the Knife and Connections there. Uh, but, yeah, Leo was a huge winner uh, at an equally huge price, around $37. Uh, it is a surprise to see her double figures for this race, but she has drawn gate 15, so that may have something to do with it. Uh, but, look, in what well could be a bit of a dartboard job here, these sort of two- and three-year-old races, I was quite taken by the runner Pat Scott Sass in the Classic, actually. Uh, she ran six there after jumping from a pretty wide alley. Uh, went to sit up behind the speed there, uh, but was racing pretty keenly from about the 700 metre mark. Uh, but again, was only one and a half lengths off the winner. So it does get a kilo off uh, Lewa here today, or for Saturday, sorry. Draws much better in four as well. So I think the red hot Joe as a party could probably land outside of flying missile or take the seat behind Heavenly Waters uh, if that particular uh, runner decides that they want to lead. So... Uh, but at the each way price, you know, really happy to have something on here about nine bucks and and two ninety the place. So, uh, yeah, just uh, thinking that if you benefit from the extra distance, and with the informed jockey on board, I think they, this pair will be absolutely right in this up to their ears. So, yeah, in a in a pretty open race, uh, Pat's got sass each way in the Belgravia. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the set here uh, for the preview. Uh, but we will head to a break. And on the other side of that, uh, it's the Western Mail's first special guest in quite a while. So don't go away. All right, welcome back, punters. So this week's special guest <laughs> is an up-and-coming young trainer who's got the star mare Caragini Aurora on her <laughs> roster, amongst others. Uh, it's a great pleasure to welcome Summer Dixon to the podcast. G'day, Summer. Hello, how are you going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate your time. Um, I guess I'll begin by asking, uh, how did you get your start in racing? Um, you know, it all started really with my sister, uh, Hannah Dixon. Um, unfortunately, as most would know, she's passed away in a horse riding accident about five years now. Um, but since I was a little kid, Hannah would train up in Kalgoorlie and Esperance. I was very fortunate enough to, to be the shit kicker. I did all the yards and waters. I wasn't allowed to sit on a horse. I was allowed to look at them a lot and watch them go around the track. But I just wanted to learn. And, um, you know, it all started off with her. You know, I, I learned a lot and I've worked for a lot of trainers. You know, I'm very fortunate. I've worked for a lot of good ones. I worked for Lindy Smith, um, Vaughan Sigley, to name a few. You know, I've, I've always gone to the races and been very intrigued about it all. And, and I think the biggest thing is I just love the horses. And, um, you know, I tried to get away from it, but I couldn't. It's a sort of, it's a bit of an addict. 
once you're sort of uh once you're in it it's very hard to leave and it's one of those businesses that you have to love the horses to sort of stick it out it's hard starting off it's not an easy job it's very demanding physically and mentally and uh but I suppose at the end of the day, as I said, I, I wake up every day and I went down to the beach this morning and I saw some dolphins in the water um, with my beautiful horses and, and that's why I do it. When they go across the line and they win, it makes it all worth it. But, yeah, a massive part of it, as I said, it, it was to do with my sister. And she's here, you know, she's here with me every day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've seen, well, I've been following your Facebook page for a while now and you're talking about the beach and I think some of your well, all of the content is, is really good on there. But, yeah, some of my favourite stuff is when you're taking the horses down the beach. So um, I'm sure they love it as much as you do. And the two, obviously, the two horses most punters will know you for is obviously Caragini Aurora and Bella's Idol. Um, but how many others do you have in work at the moment or coming back into work? <clears throat> um, unfortunately, I've got a few more horses now that, I've actually got quite a few babies. Um, I've broken all the babies, you know, that I have at the moment. Um, so they're in the process of educating them, going out. Um, we've got a couple of older horses here, you know, such as Night Voyage. Can't believe he's paying $71 tomorrow, but anyway. <laughs> um, the old boy, the nine-year-old. Um, you know, Bella's Idol is coming back. So I've just got, I've got probably a rollover about 15 horses sort of going in, going out, but it's a good amount. Um, I don't really have too many in at the time. I only have enough in that they can all get a lot of attention and, and that each. But the youngest horse I've, well, my, my probably next upcoming horse um, is an unnamed filly and it's Bella's idol's sister. Okay. So hopefully, uh, hopefully she's as good as what she thinks she is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. And, um, yeah, just talking about the beach before, I mean, what, what kind of benefits can a horse derive from, from a beach session? Well, I don't just take them down the water and just walk them up and down the water and Bob's your uncle, there we go, you know. The benefits from the beach, I have horses in work, you know, such as Bella's Idol. He's in work for almost 18 months. So yeah. I Balleri, you know, he's a nine-year-old in work for almost 18 months. Karajini Aurora, she's coming up, you know, she's had it at least, 12 starts or something is this prep I don't keep track you know I just focus on keeping the horses sound there is no way that I'll be able to do that without taking them down the water yeah. it's so good for them mentally um and physically you know I like to say that all my horses I present on race day sometimes they might not run the part but they certainly look the part I don't want them to look like fit greyhounds I want them to look really nice and muscly and strong and and I think that's what how you really get the best out of them you know a good athlete they work their whole body they don't just uh, work half their body, you know, for what what they're doing. You know, they're, they're fit all around. And that's what I want my horses to be like. And and it's very surprising to some people how fit you can get them in the water. You know, even the younger horses and that, um, it's just so good for their joints. And I don't have a rollover of a lot of these expensive $200,000 horses from the sales. A lot of the horses I have are sort of the cast-offs that, um, that other people didn't want. So I have to think outside the box to sort of keep them sound and keep them happy and, and sort of get into their mindset and their head. And I like to do the opposite. I like to keep them really nice and calm and relaxed. And I like the horses being in a heated environment, you know, where they're rushed out on the truck every day and rushed back in. You know, you take them down the water and it's a lot more relaxed. It's a peaceful atmosphere. You know, it's a hot day. I watch everyone else work around the back with dust in their faces and, you know, the horses coming in and coughing and that. It's good around. It's good for their lungs. It's good for their joints got any cuts or bruises and 
And I think even more importantly, it's, it's really good for them mentally. And so I can't, I can't lack the beach. I used to go down the beach younger and Hannah would say to me, do we have to go to the beach every day to see you crack a smile? Well, <laughs> I, I really do enjoy it as much as the horses. Yeah. And I enjoy watching them enjoy it. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, and I guess with the, uh, you know, you talk about joints and that as well, I guess, you know, it is low impact as well. So it can only be, can, can, there can only be benefits there. And um, speaking of or a lot of horses being in work, I mean, we've seen Tilly Caragini Aurora rediscover some of her best form uh, in recent months. Uh, I think she's won three from her last six with the other three starts minor placing. So super consistent. Um, I thought she burst onto the scene in her debut prep, but for me, didn't appear to come up second time around. So would, would you agree with that? And what would you put that down to? Um, well, I've never made it a secret that the horse has a lot of problems. You know, I had that horse. I got her straight from the breakers. Um, she's quite a character, you know, she's a, she's a bit of a naughty girl. And when she was racing, she actually, she never went out. She came, came in and, you know, produced those performances that she did the way that she did, you know, extremely well. But that horse, if it was a human being, it'd be allergic to bloody oxygen. <laughs> she's a pain in the ass. Um, you know, and, and as I said, she's got a lot of problems with her joints, but I honestly think the biggest problem I had with her is. She raced against these good horses, but from that, she won very easy races. And when I came her back in, you know, her rating was quite high. So I was already starting her up against other good horses that have already proven themselves as well. Yeah. And I think sometimes when a horse gets beat, it really knocks them around mentally. And um, and it did with her. And she's, she, I believe, you know, she is the way that she is because she is very strong in her mindset. And um, I just needed the horse to learn to win again and um, do it comfortably. And once I sort of got on top of her problems and she realised it wasn't going to hurt her, you know, there was no pain involved. And, um, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing to my training is one, keeping them happy and sound and teaching them to win. It's not all this about how fast they can gallop. Anyone can get a horse fit, but yeah. you've got to want them to win again. And, you know, she sort of came, I said in my interview when she came back and won a class three, I said, this would be the beginning of her winning again, you know, because she won that and she won it well. And, um, you know, she's got had a lot of weight on her back almost every start. It'd be really exciting to see how she performs you know, with 54 kilos again up against up against the good guns. You know, so what I said to the owners, I said, is anyone more determined to get her back? I promise you it's me and I'll do whatever I can to get her there. And fortunately, you know, she's she's paid me back. She tries her heart out and end of the day, that's all you can ask for. Ah, oh, fantastic. And uh, <laughs> notice, notice that you've got her in the last tomorrow with, with William Pike on, who's uh, building a nice relationship with her. Uh, what did you make of, of the wide barrier? And, and is Pike the kind of jockey that you, you might have a plan for the race or you just leave it up to him when he's out there? Oh, well, unfortunately, I can't control the barriers. They're not very, they're not my friend very often. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, really, well, only have to look at the paper. He has obviously ridden the horse the best. and that's a very key thing to this horse. You know, she does a lot of things wrong. Um, her last start as well, you know, she got she got beat on the line, but it wasn't anything detrimental towards her. We just get a little bit lost when we hit the front. I'd love to see the horse actually sit back more in the races and come home. Yeah. From the outside gate, there is a bit of pace on tomorrow. You know, if he can just get the horse some cover and get her to settle, you know, end of the day, it's all up to him getting that horse to relax. Yeah. You see her other performances and is it all the horse went bad. Well, she can't run the race in both ends. It's all up to just getting the horse to relax. And, 
you know, if he can sort of just get her in a nice rhythm, I don't care where she sits in the race. She um she has a nice clear run home. I'm sure she'll do her best to gun him down. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I love, I noticed she's back uh, 200 metres in trip tomorrow. And that's, as, as a punter and a form student, I guess I love when <laughs> horses are stepped back in distance like that, you know, no more than about 200 metres. But I think, you know, with, with a rail out tomorrow, I think, uh, you know, I'm expecting the track to be sort of favouring runners back with cover. So hopefully, like you say, she can get clear air and be swamping them late. Um, but on to Bella's idol. I mean, he's been an absolute marvel. Uh, you have documented uh, his feet issues over the over the last few seasons, um, but you've managed to get on top of them. So uh, obviously that's paid dividends. But uh, what sort of things did you have to do to sort of get get on top of those feet issues when you took him on? Um, well, patience was the biggest thing with that horse. He came in and the horse could barely even walk. You know, the way that he hit the ground, it was this massive thump when he hit the ground, and they're not supposed to sound mm. like that. And, you know, early days, the horse wasn't performing, but I knew the horse had a lot of ability. Yeah. And it just all came down to getting his feet sound, you know, but one of them obviously was routine work with the farrier. You know, it was very um, on top of it. You know, he's getting his feet, he just gets his feet done almost every fortnight, you know, so we've never stinged on anything. He's had every supplement you can possibly give him. And, you know, it's a strict diet and everything as well with making sure you're feeding them according, um, according to his work. Some people think the horses with laminitis should feed them nothing, and uh, and then you can still work them. It doesn't actually work like that. You have to you have to feed them if you're going to work them. And yeah. uh, you know, oh, the other thing as well is talking about this track behind me here. It's a good track. It's a lot harder. It's not good for a horse with bad feet. Yeah. You know, so I think people think sometimes you have to gallop a horse for them to be fit. Well, you don't. And uh, I never gallop that horse. And he doesn't look like he needs gallop when he goes to the races, if you ask my opinion. <laughs> so um, a lot of work that he does, it's in the heavy sand. And some horses can handle it. Some horses can't. You know, Lindsay, for one, he's very good at working and really hard in the heavy sand. Some horses can't get through it. But with him, he can. And uh, he's just an all, he's just a dour stale. He sprints well fresh. Um, but, you know, he's just, he can stay all day. And he's very honest. And the biggest thing to him is he's tough. And, uh it's not easier to get a horse that wants to win and, and try and you know he's, he's going to be nine soon and and he's still running his absolute heart out up against good horses in good classes so a lot of it I just got to give credit to the horse you know he he's an absolute treasure to have around he's easy to ride he's easy to do everything with he loves to bite and kick the other horses but you can deal with that when they run fast um and yeah as I said it's just just a farrier work putting him on the right surface feeding him the right way keeping him happy and and being patient. Yeah. No, you could have you could have just thought earlier on. Oh no, the horse can't do it anymore. You know he's not performing. But I knew what I had. I just knew it was going to take a while to to get him there. <laughs> uh, excellent. Um, and obviously he was a he, he won a listed race earlier in the year that Southwest Autumn Cup down at Bunbury, and I thought probably should have added to that in the Boulder Cup was bloody unlucky not to not to win there on a really bold performance there uh, was just nabbed late so um obviously uh, it was a great training effort and, and a great ride uh, from lucy as well but uh wh where is he at now uh, not having you know he's not run since the cow cup and that's been about three weeks now so have you got any plans for him he's having a little bit of a break he's earned it you know um it's a big trip going to kalgoorlie and back and yeah. especially for that horse he doesn't like to travel very well um we had the the float spaced out 
three horse float look like a yard just for one horse to get in there in one piece and back, you know. So, um, but the horse goes very well fresh. Um, we're not going to keep him out for too long. You know, he'll come in in the next, uh, you know, another week or something like that, putting him out for four weeks. Um, just a little bit of a break to brighten him up. But, um, you know, if he goes as well as he is, then I don't know, maybe I'm talking a little bit out of my league, but I think if I have got the horse the best I can on a day, he might be competitive in the first cup. Yeah. Oh, I'd agree with that for sure. So, um, and yeah, I just have to add on that as well. Like, you know, back on the day, a lot of these work with these horses were swimming them out the beach. And I notice other trainers, they go down there when it's a beautiful day, it's sunny and you see the dolphins, but it's not always like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's hail and there's weather warnings and there's, there's big waves in the water and, um, and you sometimes you're shivering in the car and it's very mentally hard to get out of the car to go back in there and, <laughs> and swim some horses. But I've got to thank also, there's an old man, his name's Milton. He's in his 80s and he's come down there in his bloody Speedos. It was absolutely freezing, um, but he still came down there and swam those horses for me as well. I haven't seen him much recently, but he was uh, you know, very, very detrimental, you know, back then and, and helped me a lot. Yeah, oh, that's excellent. I think the... The thing that I've sort of learned from, I mean, being um, having a podcast and sort of doing form, and that is that it seems like it's a a really tight knit sort of community, the racing community. You know, the trainers and the jockeys and the the stable staff and, and that kind of thing. So that's really good to see. And speaking of stable staff, have you got uh, much of a team down there sort of assisting with the the training duties? Uh, not really. <laughs> a lot of it's up to me. Um... I'm very fortunate that I can ride. If I couldn't ride, I'd be stuffed, you know, but I like to think that I want every horse worked sort of specific to their needs and properly. You know, I have a few people that come down here, you know, Kelly, she's she's great. She comes to every, all the races and, you know, riders and that at the tracks, you know, so we can work the horses, yeah. you know, properly together and, and educate them. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm here every day, all day, you know, I get here early and most nights I leave and we're looking at the stars. But um, I wouldn't change it. You know, I like to make sure that every horse gets individual attention and we don't miss anything. And I think that's the key to sort of key to success, especially with the older horses. You can't, you can't, something minor could end something, you know, extreme. And a lot of that to do with riding. The one thing I can say that I think I'm okay at, I can pick if a horse does not ride or if they're sore. So I try to get on top of it before it becomes a big problem. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so a lot of it, a lot of it's me. I have a few people that come down and help me, but um, you know, a few riders and that at the beach. But yeah, there's no one else here right now. Only the crows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're keeping you company, I can hear. So uh, you mentioned Night Voyage earlier. He's going around tomorrow as well, and thought his last two runs have been pretty good actually. He was uh, third at Belmont in a 67 rating race over the thousand. Sat up on speed there, looked to box on pretty well. And then you took him up to Cal, same rating race over the 1,200 where mm. it was about three lengths off the uh, the winner and false statement there. So how's uh, how's he travelling for tomorrow? Travelling really well. Um, the last run, it wasn't a bad run. The horse has only got a very short sprint. If you watch all these uh, good runs, he's been held up and uh, he sees daylight halfway down the straight and he zooms home. You can only sprint for about 300 metres. Yeah. So the straight of Ascot is actually, is going to massively be in our favour. You know, a few runs back, he was three lengths off Thistle Testa. As we can see, she's a very good horse. So I like yeah. to think the horses in this race tomorrow, they're probably not the same league as her. Um, you know, we've got barrier one, which is suitable. We're going to get um, held up on the fence. And uh, if we get some luck, 
you know, I'm sure he'll be blasting home. But sometimes when you've got that, we'll wait for that luck. So hopefully we get it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I was at Belmont a few months ago. I think he had a, a bit of a tantrum in the yard. He was uh, bucking and I don't think he actually, <laughs> did he stay in the gates that day? I, I can't remember. He was, but he seems to have, obviously his manners have improved out of sight since then. Do you remember what happened that day? I'm, I've actually tried to forget about it. It was one of those days. <laughs> it was quite humiliating. He did jump out of the gate. Um, I'm not really sure what that was about. You know, his last performances before he came here, um, you know, he hadn't really done much that preparation. I'm not sure if he sort of had a bad experience at the track there or or what. I don't take my horses down the track, which is what he's used to doing, um, yeah. you know, up at Martin Allen's stable. Um, but I'm not, I think just a little couple of things in the mounting yard, maybe the, the strapper held onto him a bit tight when the rider got on. And, and then once they sort of got into a bit of a fuzzle, but nothing's changed since then. Um, no work's changed, nothing like that. And the horse hasn't done anything out of character. You know, he's been very well behaved. He's beautiful to handle at home. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a kid's pony, really. I lead two horses off him at the beach all the time. So, um, so I would be very surprised if he was to handle himself like that again. You know, I like them on their toes, but, yeah, that was a bit extreme. <laughs> ah, well, I'm glad it all seems to be better since then. And I noticed as well that uh, you had, uh, I think it was, well, you've got Maginica uh, in your yard now, the old boy. Um, how did you get get hold of him? And, um, yeah, has he got much zest? Well, obviously he's got enough zest for racing still. But, uh, yeah, what, what, what are your plans for him, if any? Uh, well, that horse, he came across me, a friend of mine, Debbie, you know, she was very persistent. She really wanted us to sort of to have a go with him, to be honest. Initially, I said, Debbie, I don't want any more older horses. He's 10 years old. He's been there and done that. And uh, he's quite a character. He's a bit of a naughty boy at times. But um, anyway, that's the past. He's here now. No, his last two starts have been extremely disappointing. They don't show anything of the horse's ability. The horse can, the horse can gallop. You know, the horse is a freak on the track. You know, the horse's recovery and, and the way that he works is really well. But I don't believe 1,400 is his best distance. It's a stepping stone. I like to really see that horse get out over some ground. He's got a very strong bowling speed. He just gets run off his feet, you know, over a shorter distance. Um, he's really got to work himself to get to the front. We're over, you know, 2,000 metres eventually. He'll be out of his bowl there and hopefully get into a nice pace. You know, obviously what I've been doing with him the past two starts hasn't been working. So when a plan doesn't work, you've got to change it. You know, so I have changed it. And, uh, you know, next start is probably going to be over 1,800. He's fit. He won't be stopping because he's tired. Came in with a heart rate bloody below 80 last start. So I think he uh, I think he was just being a bit clever. Yep. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so we're working, working him a bit different, doing the things a bit different with him. And, um, you know, if he's not in the finish next start, then maybe his days are done. You know, but it's very unfortunate because the horse definitely still has the ability and, you know, he looks a treat and he's there in the water this morning, rolling up and down the water, carrying on. He's a big boy. Yeah. You know, he's happy and he's well. So it's hopefully he can uh, show all of that on the track. That sounds great. Well, fingers crossed that he can run better third up over the 1800. <laughs> and out of your two tomorrow, um, you don't have any runners for, for Northern on Sunday, do you? I haven't had a chair to look. No, no runners at Northern. I did have Carrie Genie uh, nominated for the cup, but I ended up going with the 1400, um, more so because we've got William on and, and also I don't want to risk her on the firm track. Yeah, so, uh, fair enough. Uh, but tomorrow, if you're going to ask me my best bet, well, it's probably the obvious one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, 
I think she can sort of make her own luck. Um, you know, even though she's got a wide barrier, when the horse is right, you know, she says so she wants to be in the finish and she wants to win and she's pulled up really well and and uh, and we've also got the whiz of the board. Night voyage though, I really wouldn't rule him out to run a place. We're just going to get a bit of a burst down the straight and hopefully there's a gap there. Oh, excellent. Well, Brad Rewilla's <laughs> on and he's uh, he's one of the best best jocks going around, in my opinion, Brad Rewilla, especially over here in WA. Definitely. So, uh, yeah, great booking there. Well, for both horses, really. So, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Summer. So, really appreciate your time and wish you uh, all the best on the weekend and safe passage for all your horses. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Well, thanks for joining us on the Western Mail and we'll, we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. No worries. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> Yes, what a great chat that was with Summer Dix and a big thanks to her for her time. Uh, then that wraps up the show this week. So a big thanks to everyone for tuning in wherever you are, be it on Facebook or through the audio podcast or on YouTube as well. So uh, if you are enjoying the content, feel free to give us a subscribe or a follow on Twitter or at Western underscore mail at Facebook. Uh, we're at TWM pod. That's the handle. And if you want to search for us on YouTube, uh, we're at Western Mail Racing. So a big thanks once again. Good luck with your punting and we'll be back next week. Bye for now.